This is episode 15 of Extraordinary Women Radio. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I am your host, Cami Gellner. Women are being called to live with voice, vitality, and vigor. Each month, join me for wisdom-filled interviews with extraordinary women living out loud and making a difference in our world. Their stories will uplift, inspire, and spark your own purpose-driven journey. So here we are, deep into summer. My husband, my mother-in-law, and I are getting ready to head to the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina this week for my husband's family reunion. My husband is a descendant of Daniel Boone. Yes, the Daniel Boone. Raccoon hats, leather vest, woods explorer, all that. My husband's grandmother was actually a Boone, and I'll be hanging out with all his kin from the hills this week, so I'm really looking forward to that. We've rented a house with his brother's family from Alaska, and we always have so much fun when we're all hanging out together. I'm really looking forward to the, the connections that I already know, the new connections that are going to be made, and all the stories that I'm sure will be flowing. So family time, let's just stop for a moment and think about that. Family time is so important, and I'm lucky that a lot of my family resides in Colorado and that I get to spend a lot of quality time with my mom, my sister, my brother, and their families, their wonderful families. Um, I'm, I love being an auntie. And this summer, I've been particularly called to cherish every moment with my loved ones. I'm so thankful for our closeness and our love and I know that together, we're really, really strong. We lean into each other. We wipe each other's tears. We laugh together. We celebrate together. And what I love most about my family is that there's not a single pillar of support in one person, but we all take turns being the strong, being the one who needs to cry, being the one who needs to lift up. It's like weaving all of our colorful, unique threads of strength together into one very durable rope of living that any of us can lean into at any given point. And I feel so very, very blessed. And I was once again reminded this past month how important family is. When I shared the stage with a fellow author at an event hosted by my publisher, Mary Dissonance Press. Today, I'm honored to host Ronnie Wing Lambrecht. Ronnie describes herself as a typical wife and mom from Castle Rock, Colorado, working long hours to make ends meet. Her entire world changed in a split second. Her beautiful son, Dalton, left for heaven just after Christmas in 2013 in an ATV accident. Dalton shared his short life, creating smiles, laughter, and happiness by sharing his kind spirit and helping others through tough times. Ronnie and her husband, John, now continue his legacy by practicing random acts of kindness in Dalton's memory each day. Ronnie knows firsthand how important it is to cherish every moment we get with our loved ones and has written three books to help parents live in the moment with their own children by sharing their truths about regret and finding beauty in everyday chaos of family life. The first book is Parenting at Your Best, Powerful Reflections and Straightforward Tips for Becoming a Mindful Parent. And then she has two journaling books. One's a parent's guide for journaling to your child, and the second is a parent's journal to their child, both with simple strategies for writing heartfelt love letters to your child. Ronnie's story will touch your heart and have you hugging those you love. And for me, that's what life is all about. Let's meet Ronnie Wing Lambrecht. 
Well, welcome, Ronnie. Thanks for having me. Oh, you bet. I was so honored to share the stage with you last month. And I was really deeply moved by your story. Um, you know, how, how you lost Dalton, how you followed your heart to share your story. Um, it just really, really touched my heart. Thank you. Yeah. I know it wasn't an easy decision to open up to sharing your journey, to writing a book, to sharing your, your voice. Can you tell us a little bit about how you did decide to share the story of Dalton? Well, let's see here. Um, you know, first and foremost, I think that grief in our society isn't talked about a whole heck of a lot and people kind of run away from it. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as we lost Dalton, um, like within days, I was um, Facebooking because that's how people were communicating with us because we were out of the state. We were in California instead of Colorado. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we, uh, we just decided we would be very open and because the kids had a lot of questions. Dalton was 16 years old. And so a lot of his friends were texting questions like, how did this happen? And why did this happen? And how do we go on without Dalton? Um, you know, and they're just kids. They don't realize that here we are going through losing our child. And right. so I right. thought it was really, really important for us to really take a role in this to help these kids get through it, first of all. Um, and I thought along the way that would obviously help us get through it as well. But I also thought that that sharing the journey um, on Facebook and, and other mediums would be helpful for everyone. I thought that a lot of people have tons and tons of questions and it seemed like I was answering the same question for a different person, you know, every 10 minutes of the day for weeks and weeks and weeks after Dalton passed away. And right. so I felt like if I, if I put it out there um, on Facebook and stuff that I could, express my feelings, but I could also help answer others' questions. And then I wouldn't have to field so many phone calls and text messages and emails and, you know, different kind of messaging techniques and stuff. So it, it really worked out to our benefit in that it helped us only have to answer questions, you know, one time or, you know, a few times versus 150 times. Right. So that right. was really helpful. And I bet yeah. it, created a very, I mean, because it gave people a place where they could go share their memories of Dalton, where they could share their, their feelings, their emotions. It probably created a very beautiful shared space that people could really honor his life. Yeah, it was, yes. And, and that was definitely pretty amazing to see the things that the kids posted and, um, yeah, it, the phone calls that we received afterwards from the kids, uh, friends in his classes and stuff, uh, it was pretty amazing. And then what his teachers said, you know, they would call or they would email and tell us stories and pretty, pretty incredible. And, um, and I also think too that my husband John has gone through a lot of regret in all of this, looking back and realizing that he really spent you know, like most dads, he really spent most of his time working and, you know, couldn't get off work to do all the special things that, that I could do and that kind of a thing. And, and he has a lot of regrets. He he could, he would tell you that he had regretted not ever throwing a baseball to Dalton. You know, every dad in the world throws a baseball to their kid. And 
And I said, yeah, but, you know, you got to think about not every dad, you know, teaches their kid how to ride four-wheelers and and do all the things, you know, to their four-wheeler, do all the mechanics and all that kind of stuff. And, but you taught him how to do that. And so that was your special time, whereas another dad might do baseball. Right. You did four-wheeling. Right. So anyway, so John said, you know, it'd be really, really nice if we could also somehow take what we're doing and share it with other parents so that they really enjoy their time with their kids more than I did with Dalton and, and, and let these parents know that they really should focus on that instead of if something happens to their kid that they have regrets like I do. So there were a lot of things that played into writing about it, but um, I think John's role and then also the people on Facebook saying, wow, you should write a book. This is really awesome that you're sharing this and that kind of a thing. So Right. So yeah. it, it, it started on Facebook and, it, and then it, it evolved from that space. How did that, yes. what was the role for your own healing journey? How did this, um, how did the, the writing, how did the Facebook page, how did the book, what, what role did it play in your own healing journey? Well, uh, well, I've always been a writer since I was a little kid. I've always written poetry and short stories and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to write a book. I just always thought it would be a novel. I never had any idea that right. it would be anything about parenting or about writing. So um, anyway, I, for me, it was very, it was very moving for me. And I actually started the writing in Dalton's bedroom. I decided that that was where I was going to write and it got extremely emotional. And I, I got to the point where I couldn't function if I was writing in his room. And Mm -hmm. so I moved down to my office and decided I needed to write somewhere that wasn't so, uh, so close to him, I guess. So, so personally connected. Exactly. So then I, so as I was in my office and stuff, and I was coming up with the, the things that I wanted to write about and the chapters that I wanted to write. There were often times I would get to what I thought what the chapter title was going to be. Most of them have, have evolved since then. But um, I would come to something and I would think, what am I going to write about here? And all of a sudden I would get chills and it was like Dalton was standing over my shoulder saying, well, mom, do you remember the time we stood in the kitchen and, you know, or mom, do you remember the time? And it was really cool because it was, in a lot of ways, it's like he was here writing the book with me. Um, right. Because mm-hmm. there were so many, so many things that I, I got to that chapter and I was like, there's, there's no way I'm going to figure out what I want, how I want to write this and how it's going to work. And, um, and really with, this sounds really goofy, but with him right here behind me, as it felt, it seemed like he kind of put the layout of the book together because the way the book is laid out, I did a story about Dalton um, and John and I. Mm -hmm. And so I would do a story first. And then the second half of the chapter is called straightforward tips for parenting at your best, where I took that story and I lay it out and explain how that story taught us a lesson. And this is, you know, this would be, the best tip for parenting or the best five things you could do or that kind of a thing. Right. So, and, and, and I don't, very... I don't find it strange at all that you were feeling that presence. I, I mean, I just totally believe he was there writing with you and, and helping, helping you through that. Thank you. You wouldn't yeah. believe the number of people that think I'm crazy. 
<laughs> no, I totally believe that it's like, you know, it's like when you get um, a download like that, when it comes to you and in that powerful of a way, and I'll remember the story and the, and the visions that had to come with that. Um, you know, even as you describe that to me, I, I was getting goosebumps all over my arms. I was like, okay, that's so cool that um, <laughs> that connection was there. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so you, how long did it take you to write your book? Let's see. I started in October of 15 Mm -hmm. and my goal was that I had to finish by Dalton's birthday. So I finished April 25th of 16 Uh and then, so that's about seven months, eight months. And then, uh, and then it took another eight months to actually get it all the way to publishing and print and it takes so much. It takes so long. Oh, <laughs> yes. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. And then yeah. you had two more so books. Much to do. You had two more yes. books after that. Is that right? Or did you do them well, all yeah, at once? Actually, I, I did that. Yeah. I released them all on the same day. I released all the, all of them on December 4th. And, um, yeah, so it was cool because I got parenting at your best written, but then I took the first chapter of parenting at your best called write your way into my heart and really, um, and built the other books around that. Um, whereas I think it's really important that we teach our children how to write and because someday they're going to be adults and they're going to need to write and communicate to their loved ones, to their bosses, to their employees. Right. Um, and I, and I thought it was, it's just so important to teach them how to write, but also for us to write to them, because I think as parents, there's a lot of things that we, I mean, we're learning. Every child is a brand new, is a brand new thing, a brand new gig. Right. It's not like you can say, okay, child number one, and this is what you do. And every child is exactly the same. It's child number one is one way. Child number two is a completely different species and child number three, you know what I mean? It's there's, yes, there's just nothing that's ever exactly the same. And so I think that it's really important as parents to stop and recognize that we are first time parents, whether we have one child or we have 19 children, we are first time parents because every child is different. And so again, then that experience is different for each child as, as well as each parent. And if we can share our experiences with our children, maybe not always verbally, but we can share them in writing. I think that that's, um, that's a huge, it's a huge thing. Just first of all, because we're giving our child something tangible to hold on to and to read, um, you know, later on in life when they can understand right. it. Right. And I also think it's really tangible for us as parents to be able to put our feelings down when maybe, maybe we can't say to our child, you know, today I really feel like, you know, I totally screwed everything up. I didn't mean to do it that way. I yelled when I shouldn't have. I was so stressed about this or, you know, all of those things. And while, well, when the kid is maybe 14 or 15 years old, though, they might understand that. And maybe when they're 30, they might understand that. But when they're four, yeah. if you're to say to your child, I had a really rough day and I'm sorry that I yelled at you. <laughs> Your right. child's going to be like, whatever, mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you, you teach in your, your second, your two second books. It's about journaling to your child and journaling. Um, it's, it's, it's a way to, to create those, those memories. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, for John and I, I had started writing to Dalton when he was um, only in my tummy for four months. So he was not born yet. And I had started writing to him and I wrote, um, hopefully this isn't too long of a story to tell, but it, I think it's, it's poignant. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're, you're right on. Let's keep, please do tell us. (laughs) So, so I started writing in this journal and my first like 10 or 11 pages of the Mm -hmm. whole journal Mm -hmm. are telling Dalton about his daddy and telling him how amazing his dad is and why I love him so much and how he's my best friend and he's the most wonderful human being and how Dalton's going to learn so much from him. And I had just gone on and on about John. And, you know, when you write in a journal, you forget what you wrote over the years. Oh, certainly. And Yeah. And, and so we lost Dalton on December 29th. And on December 30th, my parents had flown out to join us um, in California so to walk, you know, help walk us through everything and, and help get us home and stuff. And so mom came in and she showered us and got us dressed. And she said, get out of the camper. You need to go for a walk and get out of here. Mm-hmm. And because we hadn't moved, you know, mm-hmm. and so we were walking out the door and I don't know what happened, but I picked up Dalton's journal and walked out the door with it. And I don't know how it got in my hand. I don't know how it was even sitting there because usually I leave it at home when we travel. So for some reason it was there. It was in the camper and I picked it up on the way out the door. And as we we were walking around this lake, um, we found a place to sit down and I sat down and I opened up the journal and I just cried and cried and cried. And I was reading and, and John said, you know, I want you to tell me about what you wrote. I want you to read it to me. And I said, no. And I was really mad because I said, this is for Dalton. It's not for you. It was for Dalton. And now I don't get to give it to him. And now he doesn't get to read it. And I was so upset. And John said, read it to me. And I I fought him for a long time. And then finally I said, fine. So then I started reading it to him. And and it's just crazy because I've written him love letters our whole marriage for 22 years. And and, uh, (laughs) he goes, I didn't know you felt that way. And I'm thinking, what kind of an idiot are you? I've written you this stuff for my, you know, our whole marriage. Like, what? How do you not know that? But mm-hmm. anyway, it was just so cool. And I think he said, I've never heard you tell somebody else that before. And that was a huge eye opener for me that um, while I write to John all the time and I tell him every day how amazing he is, um, I'm very, very good at that actually. <laughs> yes. But, um, but, but I never, he had never, this is terrible on my part, but he had never seen me say to someone else, my husband is the greatest thing. My husband is this, my husband is that. Um, and I don't know how over the years he hadn't heard that, but I guess maybe that's just not something we do. Yeah. And I heard you say it when we were on about the- our spouse in front of us. Yeah. Right. I heard you say it on the stage last month when we were on the stage together too. I mean, you acknowledged him. So has that shifted things for you where you um, are more cognizant of making those kind of statements? Absolutely. And I think too, I, I think it it made me realize that I, I put myself in certain situations where I have that opportunity. Whereas before maybe there wasn't a situation that I was speaking to somebody and John was around that he could have overheard me telling someone. Right. Does that make sense? 
Oh yeah. And I think it's such a good reminder for all of us is one, you know, to sit down and write those letters to the people in our lives or write. I mean, and I love your, your idea of a journal. I think that is so fantastic, but not only to write them, but to say them out loud and to share that our sentiments with other people in front of our loved ones so that they can feel that, that, that warming of that love of that acknowledgement of, of just being, held in that 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 amount of esteem if you will in that yeah, amount of love exactly right yeah yeah so um what else has what has changed for you i mean i'm obviously um a lot has changed for you but what how have you changed since losing dalton um what do you know today that you didn't know before his passing well let's see I think first and foremost, um, probably would be that I just, again, need to share with the people that I love, how much I love them and, and how much I care about them and to be very honest about my feelings and not to hold back because I feel like, oh, they're going to think I'm too mushy or does that? Yes. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So you, you yeah. don't, you don't put then, barriers up around that walls up around exactly. that. Exactly. And I would tell you, I mean, we're, both John and I are, there are so many things that are different, but there are so many things that are the same that are, that are just more. Um, so how do I, how do I say that better? So we were always busy. We both always worked at least 80 hours a week. We both were total workaholics um, when Dalton was here. And, um, and granted, a lot of my time was spent with Dalton because I own my own business. So I was able to take off and go work at school or do those kind of things. And then I would come home and put Dalton to bed or whatever. And then I would come down and I would work, Mm -hmm. you know, until four in the morning or whatever. So he really always knew how important he was to me because I was always around. Uh, Whereas John didn't have that, that great thing in his life that made it, or that great job in his life that made it logical for him to be able to leave work or, and go do all those things. And so not that he, not that Dalton was ever less important to him. John just didn't have those opportunities. Right. And so now I think we make those opportunities more to make sure that we do spend the time with loved ones that we, that we maybe wouldn't have before. So maybe before we would have said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I have to work or I'm really sorry. A client would rather meet with me at that time. I can't do dinner with you tonight or uh, we can't make it to the family get together this weekend because I have to do an open house for my clients. And, and while I don't put my clients, you know, behind by any means, my clients now understand that there is a line right, and a so boundary. I'm not going. Yeah. So now I'm not going to answer the phone and, you know, at all hours of the night when they want to talk real estate. Mm-hmm. And so now I kind of, I have a cutoff now. Where before I wouldn't have had that. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. And I think that's that okay. that wisdom that comes through such a challenging loss like that makes us just really say, yes, I have to really pay attention to what's most important in my life. Um, because none of us have a, exactly. a set amount of, okay, I know how many days I have in my life. We just, we don't know that. And life can be, can be short and making you know, every single day count is so important. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Absolutely. So, t- and I think putting down the electronics and oh, that yes. kind of thing was a yeah. big, big lesson. I, I think John and I were always very good at that, um, putting down the electronics and paying attention. But boy, do we notice it a whole lot more now? There's so much more that we notice now that we didn't before. Everything's amplified. Right. I think that's right. probably a good word. You for told it. a story last month of, of seeing a family all on their phone, right? And yeah. <laughs> and and how you um will you will you share that that story? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we went to um I was I went to pick up wings one night at our favorite hot wing place here by the house. And walked in and our wings weren't ready. It was going to be like t- 20 more minutes and so we uh, the lady told me that I just needed to wait for a little while and that she would get them all ready. And cause she had gotten really busy. So I waited. And as I was looking around, just waiting and dilly dallying, I saw this family and every single one of them, including the parents were on their phone and I just lost it. I couldn't even control myself. <laughs> I look like a blubbering idiot here in the middle of the wing place, but um, and by the time I got up to the counter 20 minutes later, I was crying so hard. And the girl at the counter was like, Ronnie, what can I do to help? And, and I said, you know what? I think that, um, I think that if you give me a little piece of paper, I want to write these people a message and I want to buy them a dessert. And on this, on the little message, she rolled out some cash register tape. Cause that's all the paper that she had. <laughs> and I just wrote, you know, I, we lost our son at that point. I think it was two years. I said, we lost our son a couple of years ago and I would do anything in the world to have five minutes to share a meal or a dessert with him, to ask him questions and talk to him and hold him and hug him and hold his hand. And, and I wish that you would put your electronics down and focus on each other. Right. So, and then I told her, please don't give this to them until I leave because I was back the case. Right. So anyway, she gave it to him after I left, but, but I'm just hoping that that, that that it was an eye opener for them to not that I'm any better of a person than anybody else. I just think that life is so overwhelming and people get so caught up in the now and my client needs this now and I need to check my email now and I need to answer my text messages now. And the kids are going, well, I need to play this game now and I can't get off the game where what really needs to happen is restaurants need to have a little basket. Phones go in that basket when they walk in the door and they don't get picked up until they leave. So the family can focus on each other. Right. (laughs) Right. So, so agree. And I, and I think, you know, hopefully what, what that family walked away with is, is just an awareness of the, to get them to stop and think and one time and go, gosh, let's make, let's take advantage of that. So I know today you and your husband practice random acts of kindness, really in honor of Dalton. Is that that correct? Absolutely. Yes. So tell us about this. Tell us about random acts of kindness for you and how you do that. And can you perhaps just share another story of of a, a random act of kindness that sticks out to you? Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, Dalton's friends, actually, when we had his celebration of life, uh, his friends got up and I think it was almost four hours that his friends got up to the microphone and spoke and told stories about him. And I remember very clearly that day, while everything else was really a blur, um, these kids really stood out in both John and I's mind that I think it's six kids total had walked up to the microphone at different times and told their story 
and told us that at some point in their life, they had thought about committing suicide, taking their own life. And somehow Dalton caught on to how they were feeling. And he took the time and stopped and listened to them and did whatever it was that he did to talk them out of taking their own life. Oh, wow. And uh, which is a huge honor, obviously, for us. We had no idea. Right. Um, You know, granted, as parents, you think you know everything about your kid and but and he would tell us stories sometimes, but boy, never to that degree, and we never had any idea what an impact. But those kids stood up there with all their might and said that they were here because of Dalton. That had he not stopped them, whatever day that it happened, that it that they would not be here. Wow. So we decided that we and 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 then there's the movie Pay It Forward. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, but we had bracelets made for Dalton's celebration for the kids that said Dalton's name on one side. And then they said, pay it forward on the other side of the bracelet. And we handed those out to all the kids. And, and still to this day, three and a half years later, the kids will call and say, my bracelet broke, or I need a new bracelet, or they'll text and say, Hey, can I get three more? Can you mail them to me at college or whatever? So they're really important to the kids. But, and what we decided was that as a family, even when Dalton was here, we did things like buy somebody's dinner or, you know, just something nice. But now we try and do even more things. Not that buying somebody's dinner is not wonderful, but we try and do more things that are more personal, like being there when somebody needs us versus just sending a gift card. Does right. that make sense? Or, yes. Um, um, yeah, just being there and doing something and physically being involved in something versus just paying for something. Well, paying for something is wonderful if you can always afford that. It also is very, very nice when someone needs, you know, maybe they have to move in a, in a short notice and all of a sudden they have no idea what to do and they have nobody to call and, well, okay, John's got a truck and a trailer because he's in contracting. We have all kinds of stuff, you know, and so we can help a close friend move if they need that. And so it's just being more present in, in, and in physical aspect versus just monetarily. So we just try and, we try and do something at least once a day. And that could be just listening to someone tell their story because they need to be heard, or it could be going to help somebody move. It could be, helping out volunteering at the homeless shelter. It could be a a million different things, but we really just try and do something nice for at least one person every single day. And then we give them this little card. Uh, We call it our pay it forward card. And it's a little business card size document. And it says in loving memory of Dalton Lambrecht, Dalton lived his short life with the intent to create smiles, laughter, and happiness by sharing his kind spirit and helping others through tough times. And then you flip the card over and it says compliments of with a blank line so you can write your name. Mm-hmm. And then it says, may you take this simple act of kindness and pay it forward in Dalton's name to keep his legacy traveling around the world and then share it with us on his website at doitfordalton.com. Mm, that so, is so beautiful. Anyway, That is really, really, cool. really beautiful. And it's fun to see how far it's gone. It's gone to like eight or nine other countries and it's gone all over the United States and so it's really neat. <laughs> yeah. So that's something that our guests could, um, our listeners could do. 
um, they could um, pay something Absolutely. forward and go to your website and, um, and, and mark that down. Yeah, exactly. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Um, so tell me, um, it had to take a lot of courage for you to, to tell the story like this. And as you got clear about sharing the story, about putting the book out there, about speaking about this, um, were there moments where you asked yourself, what am I doing? You know, do I really want to, you know, go out there and share <laughs> this? Do I really want to write a book? I mean, did you have some mer- some moments where your courage just wasn't showing up like you really wanted it to at any, any point during that journey? Um, let's see here. I think, actually, I think, I've always really wanted to share about about what we're going through and about and and things that we could do to help other parents. I think that that's I've always kind of been a teacher in that way that no matter what I learned, I wanted to share it with others. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that as you go through like the editing process and and those kind of things, I did question myself a little bit that. As you you know, as you as you read things, you know this in writing a book. As you read things, you realize that a lot of this got really personal, and I, and maybe while you're writing it, you don't realize how personal you got. Right, um, right. And so it kind of feels like you're naked, I guess, right, in a lot of ways. So, yeah, and and I've heard you know some people have said, "Wow, I can't even believe that you shared that," or, um, you know, little things, and and I were maybe at the time I read it and reread it and read it and read it that maybe I didn't think it was so naked. And then now as I hear from people commenting on the book or that kind of a thing, people will say really nice things, but they will also say it's so amazing that you actually, you know, brought that out in the open, that you said that out loud kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know that I was so much um, questioning myself like right in the beginning, but, but now that people have read it, I, and I'm getting feedback, I think a lot of, I think I have questioned myself some, but wow, I did really say that out loud. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What do you tell yourself when you, I am proud of it. Yeah. I was going to say when you, when, because it does take that vulnerability of sharing to, to make, you know, big change. It does take us sharing our deeply personal stories. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, that if, if there wasn't a story behind it, I don't know that the message would be as deep. Right. So like, while Dalton was here, I read a ton of parenting books, but there was never a story behind them. It was always, you know, an expert telling you, you know, how to raise your kids with love and logic or, you know, those kind of things. And, and while I think those books are amazing and they helped me a lot in my parenting, I also feel like, had they had a story in there about why they felt this way or why this happened, I think I would have related to it maybe better and, and maybe been a better parent. Yeah. I think when you, when you, when you attach a story like yours to this, it makes all of us stop and go, Oh gosh, what could I do differently? Um, you know, what might I do, you know, in a, in a different kind of a way. And so as you got clear that you were going to write about parenting and, um, what what do you hope parents take away from your book of you know just overarching what's some of the the biggest things you hope they take away from your book well i think um i really think the biggest thing would be would be just stopping and realizing that 
every small everyday moments like emptying the dishwasher or making dinner or dancing around the kitchen or riding in the car singing songs, that those kind of moments are so much more precious than a huge trip to Disney World or a yes. huge family wedding. or yes. So just if they would just stop and realize all the things that they have right there in front of them today, that this is making a memory. And you don't realize sometimes that, oh, we're emptying the dishwasher together and we're telling jokes or we're learning about each other's day or it's just something simple that we don't realize that right now we're making a memory. And, oh, and while yes. we might not store it forever, we, you know, it might at some point just pop up and be like, oh, God, I totally remember the day we emptied the dishwasher and we were dancing around the kitchen and we were laughing and telling jokes. And where when you were in the moment, you didn't think, oh, this is a huge memory. I'm making a big memory. Um, but it was just happening. Whereas if you're planning a big trip to Disney or Legoland or, you know, some big place, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to take my kids there and we're going to make big memories where those aren't the things that matter the most. And saving all that money to go somewhere that your kid dreams of going is fantastic, but it's not, those aren't the most important memories. And when you look, when you stop and you really look back on your life, which we've obviously done a lot in the last three years, when you stop and look back on your life and you think about all the things that you remember the most, you know, I will tell you, I remember that every morning Dalton came down the stairs. Sorry, I might get a little emotional here. But every morning he came down the stairs and our refrigerator and our island and the kitchen are kind of close together. And I would be standing there taking my vitamins and every single morning, no matter what, he would grab me and give me the hugest hug. And it was the most awesome thing in the world. And while I knew it then, and I would thank him every morning and tell him how much I loved him every morning, that's what I missed the most. And you wouldn't think in your general everyday life that that's what you miss, that you would think that, oh, you made all these big memories and you went all these cool places and all that. And that's not the most important thing. It's brushing your teeth together or laying in bed at night telling your highs and lows or cuddling before bed or, you know, waking up in the morning and, you know, telling each other what you dreamed about. Yeah. Those are the things you miss. It's not the big, big things. Oh, I so agree with that. And thank you for sharing those examples. I think that, I mean, as soon as you said, um, even in the, 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 the dancing around, I can go back to, instantly go back to moments with my son where we were dancing to the traveling Wilburys in, you know, in our living room. And that's very vivid in my mind and, you know, very special. And <laughs> like you said, it's just a, such a small little thing, but it is so, it is so much bigger than the Disney world trip that we took or, you know, something else. And so I think that's just beautiful. So Based on the title, Parenting at Your Best, you would say that your would you say that your book is only good for parents? Tell me a little bit about that. I know the answer to this, but I want you to go a little bit deeper with this. <laughs> well, um, originally that's what I thought, um, but a lot of the feedback and reviews that I'm actually getting on the book are that I should turn this into a business book, or I should turn this into a just a regular relationship book because 
um, like one of the comments actually that I got was, I learned more about this book or more from reading this book about relationships than I've ever learned from anything else in my life. And I was like, really, I didn't think I was that good, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, but I've actually, since then, I've heard a lot of people say that, that, that they now take more time for their parents or they now take more time, you know, for their, their brothers and sisters, you know, even though they're in their fifties, um, you know, and their brother lives out of state or something, how they now take more time and they make more trips now to go see their brother or, you know, little, just things that you wouldn't typically think about when you're looking at parenting at your best. But, but like the one lady that read it said she read it because she's a mom uh, and because her kids are now having, are now giving her grandbabies. And so she thought, well, maybe I should read this and give my daughter some tips. Well, then she said, well, obviously my daughter's not going to listen to my tips, <laughs> but she said it helped me as a grandma, you know, start realizing the special things for me where she said, now I'm a grandma and I get so tired sometimes, but here I am running around with these little toddlers and, and they're my grandbabies. And they, they always say you can spoil them and send them home. And she said, but that's not always the case. Sometimes their parents are went, you know, went away for the weekend and I got to watch them all weekend and I'm exhausted. <laughs> but she, but she said it really helped her, um, find, just find little ways of, of dealing with her exhaustion and other things that she could do with them. And, um, and make special memories with them. And she was, the other thing she said was she was always thinking, oh, I need to take them to Chuck E. Cheese or I need to take them to some, you know, really cool place or um, for kids or a, a bouncy place. I forget what those things are called, but where they bounce on all those right. big air things. And she said, I was thinking I have to always go do that. And she said, and now I realize we can just sit on the floor and, and play with toys and I'm making just as many memories. Right, right. So, that's a great, that's I great. that was cool. Totally. Yeah. So, so where can um, we buy your books? Well, you can go to my website, which is parenting at your best without regret.com. Okay. Um, or you could also available on Amazon. So, um, and hopefully some local bookstores here soon. Yes. Very good. Yeah. And um, just to close out our interview today is what three pearls of wisdom can you leave with, leave our audience with today? Well, let's see here. So I think we talked about this one a lot. The first and foremost, I would, I would hope that you can kind of stop amongst all the daily chaos and just really appreciate the beauty around you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a smile from your daughter, a hug from your son, artwork on the fridge, you know, a funny comment that only your teenager could come up with, you know, they say the craziest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Um, you know, yeah. And like even just doing chores together, I know um, for us, just like making dinners together or folding laundry. I have a big story in the book about folding laundry and what a big deal that was for us every Sunday to fold laundry together. And that's one, another one of the things I missed so much was doing laundry together on Sundays. Um, So I just say stop and really, really cherish those moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And then probably, probably number two would be that I hope that you would begin writing to your kids. And, yes. and also teaching your kids how to write back to you. I know, you know, I say this all the time that my, my journaling book is for, for parents who have kids from zero to a hundred. And I really mean that because I think it's, it, it, there's a lot of questions in there and it's really, it's just a, it's just kind of a guide about, well, if you wanted to write today, these are the million things you could write about. 
And because some people, like John and I would say to people, we wish that you would write to your kids. When people say to us, what could we do for you guys? And we could say, we wish you write to your kids. And people say to us all the time, I wouldn't have any idea where to start, which is really where the idea for the, for the guide came from. And um, so I just think it just having, having something tangible for your kids to, to read about who you were when you were little and what you looked forward to and, and what you look forward to for them and funny stories that of things that they said or did and that kind of a thing. I know for us, Dalton's journal um, really got us through probably the first year uh, was a, it was something we opened almost daily to read a story about something that happened or read something that we had written or that I had written um, Mm. to Dalton. And I just think it's a big deal. But I also think it's really cool too. My parents, Dalton was always really good at writing cards and he wrote some amazing cards to me and to my parents and to, to John and to other people. But I was really, I was a big stickler that he always had to write thank you cards. And if it was somebody's birthday, he had to write, um, you know, a, a birthday card to them and he couldn't just go buy a card. He had to write something and so anyway, he was really good at that. And I think for me, it was a big deal that someday he was going to be a husband to somebody and he needed to be able to write, write love letters to her. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make sure that he knew how to do that. So uh. anyway, and then probably third, I would, I would really hope, um, this was a big eye opener for me. I, I would hope that you really think about how you speak to your children and, and then also how you communicate with other people. So um, I don't know how to say this the best way, but how you speak and act toward others when your children around is how you, because you, your kids are looking at you and they're watching you and you're their role model. And, and if you're really amazing with people and you say, please, and thank you, and you're welcome. And, you know, you use all the niceties that you can, then your kids are going to learn that too. Right. Whereas if, if they see you going, oh, well, that waiter screwed up and didn't deliver, you know, my Coke on time or, and they see you complaining about little things in life, then they're going to mm-hmm. learn how to complain about little things in life all the time. So I just think it's really important that we show our kids how to respect others, be them, you know, be it somebody that's the president or, you know, somebody lower down on the totem pole like me. Right. All people. Just making sure that we're, yeah, that all people are equal and we always treat all people with respect. And it's the the ripple effect of what that kind of, of, um, that, that, that happens with the people around us and, and with our children and how they go out and respond to others and, and pass those, those characteristics on. It's just, it's huge. Um, so, so talk about changing the way, just changing our world, right? I mean, that totally changes our world. The more people are doing that sort of thing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Ronnie, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know my listeners are going to love this one. I know they're going to get some really beautiful insights and I, I know it will get them to stop and slow down and really just think how they're spending time with their children. So, and with their loved ones, I mean, not just their children. So thank you for sharing your story with us today. And, um, Absolutely. Um, thank you for having me. You bet. Um, bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
hope you liked this episode of Extraordinary Women Radio. If you did, please share this podcast with your own special tribe of women and help spread the love, the dreams, and the inspiration. Are you thinking about making the next bold move in your life? I invite you to take the Your Next Bold Move quiz at CammieGellner.com to find out how you can jumpstart a passionate and meaningful next chapter. You may also enjoy my book, Fire Dancer, Your Spiral Journey to a Life of Passion and Purpose, which is available on Amazon. In Fire Dancer, you will become intimately connected to your heart's calling and build the courage and resiliency to ignite your what's next. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media channels. I'm on both Facebook and Twitter, and the links are available on my website. Till next time, my friend, listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and be you.